live coverage of MMA. We have a UFC fighter who's a massive up-and-comer and someone you're going to recognize. Um, I'm going to say his name, Ricky Simone. You are listening to Verbal Tap, the show that proves fighting way easier from outside the cage, though I will once again commentate as I ask Mr. Esparza how he's doing. Audio not always easier outside of the cage uh, or inside of the cage. It takes a, a real effort, which means it's time for Verbal Tap. I'm your host, Kevin. How are you doing, Raph? Sorry, I have to leave the show real quick. You need to call somebody on. Uh, yeah, I think we need to talk to the source. Yeah? Do you think we... So I'm going to skip over BJJ Fanatics, whom I assume are yeah. responsible, and I'm going to bring on the man to answer questions about the audio situation, how many people he's killed because of this... <laughs> impudence which i know would not be on him verbal tap fans first time long time friend of the cast john danaher john what happened with the sound on this new dvd that's a very interesting question that you um posed thank you mr kevin phillips i've thought deeply about this question for the last 79 hours oh okay um deeply like it yes very 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 deeply i went through many different level processes and um i have a 19 step way of correcting audio Fuck. now of course you will have to uh subscribe to another video from uh, bjj fanatics uh that will show you how to correct the audio but it, it's particularly of interest that yes, when I was doing my DVD series, that uh, you could hear car alarms in the background of it. I, uh, that was on purpose, though. I've heard it was Gary Tonin setting off alarms you, with G- Gordon Ryan in assistance just to try and maybe limit your power. That would be Mr. Gary Tonin and Mr. Gordon Ryan. Uh, please address them by their formal names. Do not show emotion oh, to who they are. I'm weak. Um, I can feel it. It's fine. I understand that. Do you do you know why I put the audio so low, Kevin? Uh, Mr. Kevin Phillips. As like a mechanism to stay awake and teach endurance? I I've waited years to put my ideas to tape. And you weed out the weak by making the audio so hard to hear. Almost like you can't hear me talking right now. Can yeah. you? Yeah. Okay. I think I get this. This is what Batman was trying in the in begins. Well, verbal tap fans, we wanted an answer. I'm not sure I'm we sorry. got one. You just interrupted me. I was in the middle of actually just speaking so low bar- that you couldn't <laughs> even hear what I I just recited a line oh, from One Piece and you interrupted me because you can't hear me. No, but I'm my dog so barked. Oh. So maybe there's something to the just the frequency. Hear exactly what it is that I'm saying. I want you to go ahead and use the outside ocean. First, you get control of that by making sure that if you heard the fourth uh, one, I said. And you know there was someone on set that was like, John, can you, a little higher? It's not coming in yes, the can? Of course. of course. I will use a louder voice this is my louder voice now i'm getting quiet again because i want to see if you're paying i like to think he spoke up again and you murdered him true or false (sighs) 
we've never seen him again. Okay. Um, that's well, not our <laughs> fault. This has been a pleasure. Legal counsel probably needed. I'm going to have to interrupt this one. John, thank you for swinging by to explain what happened on the audio. You don't kick me off this show. Oh, let's make one thing back there. Sorry. Go ahead. I leave and I'm leaving now. Thank you very much for your time, Mr. Kevin Phillips. Yes. I wish that your knee uh, makes a speedy recovery before uh, mine does. Oh, what a what a gem. All right. John Danaher comes and goes. I'm going to beep Rath back in here in a minute to take a victory lap with me, as I've already sort of insinuated. <laughs> Turns out this audio stuff can be a little complicated, as I think we're it's getting. Tough. It is. And you know yeah. people just didn't want to inter- They just didn't want to interrupt him. And so he was like, mm-hmm. we just got to get this out. The sound is fine. It's like, the sound is not fine. The sound is fine. We just got to get this out. Oh, God, we have to redo it. <laughs> so... Here's what I feel is a two-way street. So people were saying that $200 is too much to spend on Danaher. And that's fine. You could be the frugal grappler. You can get things for cheaper. Craig Jones, for one, was like, yeah, fuck yeah, get mine. It's way cheaper. Love you guys. Also, heel hooks. Bye. So that was Craig Jones. However, there's a lot of good content on this video. So I, I do appreciate the fact that Danaher's putting out the system. Obviously, all of the stuff is amazing, but if you're going to ask me to pay $200, I'm not saying it has to be movie production, like you're going to see a Transformers kind of pristine sound. I'm just saying maybe, and here's just a, a small maybe, make it so that I don't hear car alarms going off in the background and shuffling feet when he's in the middle of talking about the details of why we leg lock, which by the way, goes on for two hours. So it is a very sensitive aspect. So I I do understand the fallback now kudos to BJJ fanatics for going ahead to rectify this. Kind of makes you wonder when I saw a guy who was holding uh, a boom mic, my first thought was, He's very prominent in the photo as to look at you and say, like, see, I'm here this time. Come on. (laughs) But it just made me think, did they do it that time without it? Did they use an iPhone? Because I feel I've recorded some things on my iPhone that have come out even louder than that. Um, But then, of course, we I'm sure as you just learned, Kevin, I was listening on the audio uh, cast of it when you were talking with Danaher. It's kind of hard to hear him because sometimes he just goes real low. I didn't know he was doing it on purpose, though. It's a mind control technique, as he explained it, to weed out people like myself. And mission accomplished. But I Mm. will say to the consumer and to your point, first of all, I would also like to take another victory lap for everyone that's ever been like, why don't you give the guest a mic? Uh, Oh, God. For thousands of reasons, you heard about 27 of them on the Danner Danner DVD, it sounds like. Uh, because sound is a delicate thing. You got to keep it preserved. You have to keep it condensed. You have to keep it focused on that vocal audio track. So maybe if Danaher is going to talk for two hours and you're asking our amateur podcast how to do this in our professional level, uh, that was a shot at people making fun of our sound for years. I would argue, which we have had problems with and we have fixed and adjusted through time, which is what it takes. I would have put a condenser lapel on him. And you spend a little bit more money. I get it. But that's what it takes when you're asking for a little bit more money. You're creating a little bit more of a product. You can do it the long way or you can do it the 
cheap, fast way. But eventually, you are going to have to still do it the long way, which is what they're having to redo right now. Which is I'll just say this. Happy. For the cost of three people buying a Danaher DVD, you can get a fucking lapel mic. Or, you know what? <laughs> Call it a crash <laughs> Like, a nice one, like a nice Bluetooth thing. set that feeds. Yeah, and to our this podcast has always been free. Raf, has am I correct? Yeah, on that? No sh- yeah, we're still charging some people in certain countries. You know, the bad ones, the shithole ones. We're we're charging there, but yeah, you know, I, I mean, thought we were even gonna be nicer to Ohio, a- we said we were going to be nicer <laughs> to Ohio. But there you go, taking shots Boom. at them. Got him. I do like this though. If Danaher had a Bluetooth microphone in, like a little, not even a microphone, just a Bluetooth headset, uh, like headset <laughs> yeah. that he yeah. would have been using, I would have one hundred percent in, and it would have been better. Just as a heads up, if he had called into my Skype account and I had recorded it and sent it to them, it would have been uh, more focused. Or him just even doing that McDonald's headset mic. Uh, especially oh, just God, imagining the, the possibilities of Danaher just being like, uh, good evening. I am going to take your order for uh, this is Burger King. You can have it your way. The best jujitsu you will ever have listened to. Please allow me to tell you the best way to do it, though. I have several theories on it. I've worked 14 years on these. Thanks, Danner. Okay, we're we're good. I just want a whopper. That's all. Anyway, um, Kev, can I can I say a, a thing that like switches the topic entirely though? You went to some fights, or you had something else? Go ahead, say <laughs> your thing. I want to go do this, and then I want to go to the fight. So I want to go here, which is fighters now get USADA T-shirts for passing twenty-five consecutive drug tests. We didn't talk about this last time. Oh now, Kevin. I feel like you should get a shirt every time you do twenty-five drugs. I feel like that's the only. Fair way to respond to this. That would be amazing. This is hilarious to me. This is such a stupid thing to do. Why, Usada? <laughs> like, and okay. Can I also ask you? Give everyone that failed one their own shirt with what it was that they failed. Just because. Can you imagine the picture of John Jones with boner pills? <laughs> like in twice, <laughs> like not once. But like it's listed. It's like 2015, 2017. <laughs> that would be a great. Uh, that would just Holy be great. Fuck. Class of 2015 fail. That'd be great. I also like the idea that as we're talking about these people who get them, you should see everyone's look on their faces as they put them on, where they just stare at you like, cool. Thanks, guys. Means Reebok lot. doesn't give us money. The UFC doesn't give us money. But you're giving us this stupid T-shirt. So Some of us. This is a very uh, um, I wanted to bring up. Yeah, yeah, let's transition over to going to the Damn. CXF fights. We that was a lot of fun. Those T-shirt parodies. Yeah, live coverage. I just... I did live coverage yesterday. Saw some great fights. Uh, first and foremost, shout out to our good friend Dima Garasimov, who ended up winning a title. And uh, you know, Kev, he's about to be a dad. Wow. Yeah. So uh, he very pointedly said that he is going to uh, be a champion when his daughter enters this world. So I thought that was pretty awesome. So kudos to him for that. He picked up a big win. Uh, a Darce choke in 24 seconds. So that was impressive. Damn. Yeah, it was really awesome. So uh, kudos to him there. On the other side, um, our good friend, Mr. Rich Leroy, who fucking crushed it, dude. He was the one I told you about the last time. 
where I said he never has a bad fight. Guess what, Kev? He still hasn't. Improves to 7-0. and Picks up a very violent win. Uh, we put up a meme on both my account and our sister account, which is Kid A Photo. And uh, on there it just says, like, he walks in. He has a very, like, debonair kind of look as he's walking into the cage. That just reads, oh, did someone say violence? <laughs> he gets stitched up, Kev. This is how crazy he is. He's a, he's about to go get stitched up. His face looks like it's got the little Frankenstein cracks. Yeah. And he just goes, it doesn't even hurt, dude. I'm just really mad that I have to go get stitched. But when it hit, you think that sort of thing hurts. It didn't. And I go, have you gotten hit so many times that now nothing hurts? And he's just like, no, stuff hurts. This didn't. So kudos to him on that. His face um, is feeling better. <laughs> this morning. I think you I actually saw him this morning on his uh, Instagram and on his Instagram. It's just a picture of him with a puppy listening to some like 1940s kind of Frank Sinatra. So I think he's just fine. Uh, but yes, I went to the uh, Celtic Gladiator, saw our good friend John King. Uh, I did some of the photos for the uh, weigh ins. I covered the event live. Um, it was very fun. There were some really good events. There was uh, a whole bunch of pro and a couple amateur fights. But um, I can't go into every single one of them. But I do want to tell you guys a couple of the highlights. Uh, can I say this? There's this kid who's come to train with us over at the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club. His name is Hugo. Now, he's all of a buck 40. But when he puts knee on belly pressure on you, the bone in his knee strikes like a dagger through your stomach. So you have this moment where he's a kid and you go, am I rooting for you? Cause you've hurt me so much, but, uh, he's one of the nicest kids out there. And I gotta say watching him come alive yesterday with an audience, uh, was really cool. Cause he's normally a little bit of a quiet guy, but he was a killer out there, man. He, he was put into deep waters, uh, by a very game opponent from, uh, CSW and, you know, it was, it was a tough match, but uh, Hugo found a way to uh, make the appeal to the judges, crushes it. So just like he does my stomach with his knee, I like to say congratulations to that young man. And, uh, man, just, Kev, one of the best things that happens when you go to these fights, you get the opportunity to see new up-and-coming talent. And you're always on look to see who's going to surprise and who's going to kill and who's going to crush. There are a couple of people who did very well. Um, but I also want to give shout outs to our good friends, uh, Milton Argallo, uh, because he had a great fight, in my humble opinion. And I will completely uh, say my bias as somebody who's both interviewed him and trained with him. I think it was a little premature. That's not to take away from Sergio Perez, who had a very solid performance in his own right. But uh, Sergio got Milton's back, and he was starting to stand up, and he was covering kind of his face. And the guys like uh, Mike Beltran, of all people, who was an amazing ref, but on this one I felt didn't make the right call. As Milton was getting up, uh, he was saying, you know, you need to defend yourself, you need to defend yourself. And Milton has somebody who, if he doesn't protect himself in his face, then he's going to give up a choke. So as he's getting up, then they just call it. 
and it's one of those things where it's like five, seven seconds before the bell's going to get them to a second round, which would have been an amazing continuation of an already good fight that had a lot of back and forth. So kind of an unfortunate end on that side. But again, not to take away from Sergio. He worked very hard. He's put together a very good string of four and one. But uh, I'd see that one again. And more importantly, big ups to Milton on that. Uh, I also want to give a shout out to our good friend Eric Rios. I feel very bad for him because he's one of the systems guys. And his opponent came in like 29 pounds overweight, essentially, Kev. Damn. So he misses weight. He misses weight. He came in one McKenzie, one might say. Uh, Even, hold on, 29 pounds? (laughs) Here's what happened. I know what happened. He didn't weigh in. He was late. No, no, no. He came in. He was late. And he was only five pounds over from the weigh-in. Okay? So they say, we'll go ahead and do the fight. The next day, he comes back in. And I think he's about 20, if not 23 pounds over. Oh, damn. Okay. And so they say, do you still want that fight? And he goes, we would have done it at five pounds over, maybe 10 pounds over. But when you're talking 20 and plus pounds, then why are we going to do that? The 29 is a figure I get to once I figure he had some tacos there. So I'm not 100% sure that that's an accurate figure, but it was 20 plus to the point where you're thinking to yourself, you know, these guys are going at 135. So you feel really bad. Eric's a a true gentleman, a a true G. I feel very bad for him. Uh, Again, uh, Aaron LaFar was the guy who was taking on uh, Hugo uh, Ananda, and that was a great fight. Uh, big ups to uh, a gentleman by the name of Martin, who uh, beat my good friend uh, Lance uh, Bush, who he got a great rear naked choke, dude. And it was very solid. It was a very impressive win. Um, but those were some of the big ones to talk about from over the weekend. Uh, Benji, uh, one of our other good friends, he lost a good fight to a guy who took the fight on like seven to ten days notice, I believe. Took him a title, and I believe that was Kyle Estrada. So... Whoosh! It was a night, dude. Um, it was a lot of stuff that happened, and uh, a lot of fun. And I appreciate everybody for being very kind, uh, especially uh, the promoters out that way. John is always a good, good person, and uh, we do enjoy working out there and covering those events. So that is my recollection from that, my man. Well, we love it when you cover events here on mm. the podcast. If I could uh, speak on behalf of the listeners as well. Who were rarely interested in me doing that, but <laughs> this exact moment, sorry, you got no choice. Raf, as we transition to the young, the fun, the Canadian current, that's how I'm going to describe Mr. Ricky Simone, I want to talk about two of our friends that are making this podcast happen. We've never asked for money. We do ask you to support the people that help us make this work. You love feeling secure when you're training, when you're exercising, when you're biking. There's nothing worse than when you've had a few beers over the weekend and it's like, oh gosh, is my hip pulling down my underwear because the dryer? That never happens when you go to northsouthjitsu.com. <laughs> you select the size you need. You get the coolest, mm-hmm. most efficient underwear in the business for training, working out, doing jujitsu punching people if that's what you're into and you're sick then go to northsouthjujitsu.com get the best underwear in the game this lovato uses them what more do you need to hear yeah honestly 
I I struggle with that, and I'm gonna get some of those tights, Raf. The uh, have you seen the new Are you? tights? I mean, I'm not training, so I'm not like wildly worried about it yet. But uh, maybe as like a back to training, you know, you just gotta treat yourself uh, when you're trying to remember that getting killed feels good. And I've already started the other side of this with some 100% natural ingredients backed by nutritional science, biodegradable packaging. My girlfriend loved that. I am, of course, talking about our friends at Proven Nutrition. ProvenNutrition.com. You can go backslash products. Don't forget to put in Kevin 10. And no, get, 10. get the core. You got to get the core stuff. You're going to feel good. Mm. Your joints are going to feel better. If you're recovering from knee surgery, I can personally verify. It, it just helps as you're grinding through some of that rehab to have something natural to boost you up. I'm quite a fan, Raph. And tastes better. Like just has a good quality sort of not too sugary taste, which I can complain about yeah. with some of the, the drinks in this category. Go to ProvenNutrition.com. Try it. Trust me. Trust the podcast. I guess you could put RAF 10 in, too, if you wanted to. You should put RAF 10 in. You could. Let's go chat with UFC up-and-comer, LFA All-Star, which kind of sounds like LMFAO. <laughs> Just a little bit. Ricky See, you went that way. I thought LFO, which is uh, a long-lost yeah. uh, of all the boy bands. But uh, anyway, Ricky, let's go talk to him. LFO was uh, Abercrombie of Fitch. <laughs> Right? Yes, they were. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I wish we could. Kevin takes all of the boy band bait I have ever played. What? <laughs> That's a great song. It's a, it's a, I mean, it's not great. It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> Verbal tap fans. I don't, Raph, I don't know how you work your magic with some of these. Mm. I just know that it happens. But we have live from Canada, which is weird normally when we have a Canadian on, but we don't get to make any of the Canadian jokes because Ricky Simone, very American. So American. Chael Sonnet even did a YouTube video about his last fight. That's how American our next guest is. Ricky, how are you doing and why are you in Canada? Uh, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I'm at, I'm in Canada for uh, a Russ concert. It's going on tonight. I uh, decided last minute to come come out and watch that. Uh, so that's, that's what I'm doing. I have never been out here. Never had a reason. So <laughs> finally, finally made the trip. <laughs> never had a reason. <laughs> it's a great. Lives in Washington. I was about to say. I'm like. Uh, up in the Northwest, Coachella is very different for those guys. They have to go up to Canada. It's just a tough day at the office. Ricky, I want to ask this. Do you feel a good sense of like having a fight being put past you? Because you kind of went viral, and that's how our exchange happened. But you went viral for a fight finish that was um, awesome for you, confusing for many. For everyone. <laughs> and also seemed to... <laughs> Irk some other folks. So, uh, how has that process been for you, man? Uh, yeah, like you said, it, it did go viral. It was it was a crazy, uh, you know, week. Def- definitely, it, you know, my first fight, and then for it to happen like that and end like that. But uh, you know, I, it, it's 
it's been great though. Uh, you know, get that first one out of the way, but uh, just the way it ended, and everything. Oh man, I usually you get done with a fight and you get to relax a little bit and and uh, you know uh, take some time off. But for some reason, just it left a bad taste in my mouth with all, with all the uh, drama that kind of surrounded that the, the way it ended. So I kind of want to get back in there already and prove myself. You know. No, that sounds like a credible thing. I would still go celebrate, but we're different people. Yeah, I, I want to like, ask. Fuck that. I'd be like, not only did I win, bitches, but but first fight in the UFC, you're going to remember this person. So whatever's next, like I would just rock it. I mean, say roll right into the gear. It's a great. It's the meme alone. So a lot of people can't get the footage um, anytime, you know, you're you're on some of those networks. Uh, but people all had the picture of him like basically ghost eyed as you're as you're joking. So just you know, sometimes the moment finds you, Ricky. And, uh, you worked hard to get there. But well, here, go ahead. Right? Here's what I want to know though, because Kevin and I are on the same page on this, which is we want. There's so much to ask you about here, but I really want to start with tell us how the end of the match went in your eyes, because. One of the reasons I wanted to interview you so badly was because you would know best as to what was happening there, um, just in terms of, like, what was your opponent feeling? What was the ref situation like? You know, did you feel that you have it in? And then when you saw him, did he go out? Like, what happened there? Because somebody put on there they're like "Uh, it's pretty cut and dry we know what happened here and i'm like i've watched that thing five times and i still have no idea exactly what happened right and my point of view is going to be different you know but the what man what what i felt was you know i felt off that shot and uh you know i grabbed over that guillotine you know i rolled him right over the mount he was already i felt he was like kind of like limp and then i got i saw him going in and out you know I've choked someone out unconscious before, and they kind of go, you know, film go limp, or when they start trying to fight again, they, you know. But you can look at his hands, and I don't know what the heck his legs were doing, but uh, uh, yeah, I think he was going in and out, and uh, he had a little bit of the rubber neck going on too when I was squeezing, you know. And then he'd fight again, so it'd give me no resistance, and then some resistance, and so that's when I started yelling at the ref, and uh, and then after the fight, when I stood up, uh, you know, he's kind of. His legs still twitches a few times, and his eyes were rolled back. That's the first thing I noticed. Was like I was just really just seeing white in his eyes, and uh, uh, and that's when I yelled at the ref. I'm like, "All right, come on." <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that, I mean, that that I I had no doubt in my mind uh, as soon as the fight was over. So I was like, I was kind of already celebrating, and I wasn't really sure about like the controversy uh, until really until uh, was it uh, Paul Felder asked me about it. well let's be very clear you didn't do anything wrong so there's not anything that like you know if somebody goes out that's something that's actually working to your favor like that's something that you worked hard to achieve to get the weird part is, is like you said you don't get to fully celebrate it because it's a little odd especially i felt like once they were looking to check his arm and they raised it it felt like he was trying to pump blood back into his body and like get it circulating and like move his legs so where i tagged ricky was we have a little thing it's called uh wwe bjj 
And it's a hybrid of professional wrestling and jiu-jitsu. And it's for funsies. And uh, one of my friends, I asked him, I was like, do you have like a pro wrestling finishing move? And he's like, no. And I go, well, I want you to win the title from me, but you need a finishing move. And he was so out of like loss for what to do. And I saw your your fight go up and I go, that's the finish. And he goes, yeah. I go, if I get to do a cycling machine and try and pump things back into it and I have a watch and I just play up that, I guarantee it'll be funny. And sure as shit. A lot of our friends really, really enjoyed it. But for you, though, when that is happening, what were some of the things that were, were anybody saying anything like super crazy as a result of that fight finish? Yeah, there was like, uh, first of all, yeah, that video was hilarious when you guys tagged me in it. Uh, I, was, I was with some teammates and we were watching and just dying laughing. <laughs> so good work on that one. Uh, but yeah, no, was, you know, the backlash has been, it's just crazy. You just get like these, uh, um, you know, social media heroes or trolls or whatever they, you know, they want to be. So they think they know everything and either they want to like that, they'll let, you know, pumping, pumping the blood, you know, back to his head or, you know, that, that's like a good theory. I think, I think it's cool, but I do not. I mean, Hold on. I, you that, are a professional. Be, we do not condone that on this podcast. <laughs> and I want people to be very clear at home. Bicycle kicking like that will get you unconscious. Go on. He's 100% yeah. still. Yeah. I saw that online. I saw, someone said that online. So I, I read it. I was like, all right, that, that'd be like really cool if that's what he was doing. That was like really smart on him and everything. But I mean, the first thing he could have done was like, you know, fought hands or, you know, push my hips. Mm-hmm. He could have did so many things before going up to that very advanced technique of running the bicycle and pumping his legs, you know? So uh, there's a lot of things he could have did before that and uh, he didn't do it. And uh, I don't understand why people are, you know, uh, being trolled online just to, uh, um, you know, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't know. Most, most of them are like fake accounts or whatever anyway. So I don't really pay attention to it, but at the same time, like you guys said, like I don't control it, you know, uh, you know what the ref says or anything. So at the end of the day, uh, my paycheck says I won and that's all I really care about. That's the important thing. I just enjoyed the fact that, uh, one of our homies who trains <laughs> out, who used to train out in, uh, Washington, uh, at 10th planet Portland, he goes, McCarthy's already cleared it up. Should have been ruled a submission, not after long. The head hitting the ground. Either way, Ricky gets the win. And I just took him to task, and I was like, yo, kid, I still, again, I still don't know exactly how I would react to it as a ref, if I'm being honest. Just because you want to give the fighters oh, yeah, the benefit of the doubt. Oh, yeah. No, you know, the, I, the worst thing I'm you get is a, a fighter who doesn't do it. Mm. Now, the, the only thing that was weird to me... Because you locking up the submission was was clear. It was just more so it felt like afterwards, the way that they explained how they finished it uh, was just strange. Mm. So from our perspective of them being like, all right, cool, the fight ends. They didn't touch him until the time it ended. And then it felt like a conference of elders came together and was like, he is lost. <laughs> and so from there, I was just I like, that robs you of both the real feeling of a win and that guy, the real feeling of like, wait, why do I have time limit then? Like, does he just get to keep the submission in while like, you know, time expires, you know, time can't save you sort of a thing. So I don't know. It was a very strange situation. However, it well, was a great launching point for us to get to talk. Go can ahead, I PR interject here? Ricky, I want to give sure. you some quick free PR advice. Uh, All right. I'm somewhat qualified to do that. Just to just to throw out that that little the UFC is terrible at this. Anytime they're trying to explain mm-hmm. something complicated, they're really bad. So it's kind of up to you to get to frame it 
here's how you do it. It was New Jersey. And as I watched from Chael's video, and I'm not wildly sure how this plays in, but screw it. The part about New Jersey is that they have a rule on the books so you can't stop a fight at the end of the round if there's a submission or a knockout in play, right? The, it's a weird like boxing-based rule, but I believe you should say that you Tony Soprano'd that guy. And that way, just branded as something cool. You're probably maybe too young to remember the Sopranos as a series, but it's a New Jersey based mafia. <laughs> yeah, I never got into it. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's a New Jersey. Everybody's old in MMA. Otherwise, <laughs> everyone else is going to be <laughs> just be like, you know, Tony Soprano. Him. What can you do? Rules and chokes, baby. Just one line casual and uh, <laughs> throw your sunglasses on. Because spoiler alert, Ricky's a young guy. He's in shape. Yeah. He's up there in Canada, probably fighting off Canadian women at this uh, concert <laughs> he's attending. And Canadian men, if I know Canada like I know Canada. But it's hard to believe this is free advice. And I'll go ahead and retract uh, back to my trying to turn you heel corner in however respect, Raph, you could. But New Jersey mob to blame. One of the things that I, I do find interesting about this is whenever you do have controversies or you go viral... Uh, you do find out, along with the people who dislike you, which I don't know why people would, but sometimes people are crazy and they have very strong opinions, but you also find out who loves you. So how many uh, support messages did you end up getting from this as a result? Did you get a lot of people who were saying, like, oh, it's about time somebody else felt that guillotine for a change? Or did you get people who were just like, yeah, he finished him super quick. That's what he does. No, no, yeah. So, as I was saying, the, the, there was a lot of like you know trolls and backlash, but you know, for every for every negative comment, there was you know at least two or three positive messages that I was receiving. So it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't too bad. I have I've I've had, and I've had a great support system over here in the Pacific Northwest and in Hawaii as well. I've been training in Hawaii the last year and a half, and uh, you know, it's basically my second home now too. So, no, I yeah. The, the sport over in the, especially like Oregon, Washington area, uh, you know, I've been fighting over there a lot and, uh, you know, I've had a lot of fights over there in my career. So, uh, yeah, I have a really good fan base and, and it was, it was nice to, you know, have that exposure on Fox and, you know, so, uh, yeah, yeah. The, the, there was a lot, a lot of positive messages, uh, to, to counter, counterattack those, uh, negative, uh, trolls online. <laughs> Yeah, dig that. Right. hold on. This is uh, the jujitsu portion. Where do you train mm. your jujitsu? Where's that come from? Uh, well, so I, I've kind of like, uh, like you, you said, uh, you, you knew someone to train at Ten Planet Portland. Or, yeah, uh, well, I, I saw that. Yeah, so one of my homies, he's a, a transplant from there. He's one of Orchard's kids who came to us out this way. Uh, so I'm out in LA. Oh, Kevin's cool, out yeah. in Denver. And uh, Orchard's the shit. I know him fairly well, but I saw that you had done some uh, like MMA training out of Portland as well. Um, but yeah, like where where are you training? Because when you say that you go to Hawaii and then you go to Washington and you're casually visiting, you know, Portland as well, you just keep going to all these pretty places. Yeah, these are tropical. <laughs> yeah, yeah, heck yeah. No, yeah. Right now, I train in Portland at Gracie Baja, Portland. And uh, uh, I train, I cross train with Tyson Nam uh, over in uh, Hawaii Elite. But yeah, but I live right in Vancouver, Washington, and then so it's like right across the bridge is Portland, Oregon. So uh, and I used to actually train with uh, like Orchard and t the Tenth Planet uh, Portland crew uh, back at my old gym. They were they were uh, running their uh, the Tenth Planet 
uh, out of uh, our old gym for like a year, year and a half maybe. So I got to train with them for a while, so that was pretty cool. So yeah, once I once I heard you uh, say say anything, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, maybe maybe I'll know who you, who you you know who who the mutual friend is. But uh, oh, yeah, I'm not going to play games. You can't make you. You're not going to waterboard me. I don't, I don't We're not going to put ourselves in a position to do jujitsu with you. Are you? Yeah, are you joking. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, dude, I had to fake pretend get choked with a guillotine. And I still was like, yeah, this is, you know, I really want to work to get out of here. I don't want to be in this. And the guy who I was filming <laughs> with, he's a very competitive person. And no lie, he fought yesterday MMA. When he introduced me to two of his friends, he's so competitive that when he introduces me, he goes, oh, hey, this is Raph. I'm beating him twice for the WWE BJJ title. And I'm like, a fake belt. It's a storyline. <laughs> introducing yourself as somebody who's beaten me via story. Shut up. Um, I will say this, though. uh, when you are going out that way and you, you get that sort of training, it sounds like you've kind of gone a, a few different places. Let's start at the beginning. I'm going to guess here. Tell me if I'm right or wrong. Wrestler who transitions to MMA. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I don't know why I would pick age. up that sort of thing. How young? Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, I think I was about around eight, eight years old oh, when fine. I started. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, so I, I started at a young age and uh, wrestled throughout all the way throughout high school. And uh, once it kind of came time to wrestle in college, uh, uh, you know, I decided uh, you know maybe it's not for me. And then uh, um, yeah, I found my buddy Jake Smith was fighting, and uh, and uh, he he actually he just got signed to Bellator, so it's kind of cool. We kind of came yeah. up at the same time, and he was told me to jump in the gym that he thought I'd be good at it. And we were like main training partner. He's at 135 though, so he's a little bit bigger, but it was just us beating each other up for a while there. And, uh, you know, so that's kind of how I got, got started into it. So why, why wrestling? Were you hyperactive as a kid? Did the parents just figure like, eh, there's usually something that steers you to wrestling as opposed to other sports. Oh no, I just, I thought it was, uh, I saw a wrestling form at school. Uh, and I thought it was WWE wrestling because I was really into, you know, like uh, Eddie Guerrero and The Rock. But you know, I think I was like a third, fourth grade or something. I brought I, I brought it home to my dad, and he even told me he's like, you know, this isn't you know this isn't like WWE wrestling, right? And I was like shocked at first, like, but I shook my head. I was like, yeah, yeah, I knew I knew that. And the thing was tracks, and it's hard. It was like, really hard, and I was like, oh man, what the heck? What did I get myself into? I'm like jumping off a re- you know, the turnbuckle and like body slamming anyone. I'm, having to do sprints and stuff. <laughs> like what the heck? But no, it was it was it was great. I think I think I you know, just right right away I just fell in love with it and um uh yeah, I don't know, I was, and I was good at it. I was always kind of like mean. You know, as a, as a kid, like not not like compete like a bully or anything, like that, but I was just like when I do sports and stuff, I just had I was always super competitive and had that I don't know, I don't know that that mean attitude, that that grit that that a wrestler needs and and it also helps that, you know, I'm not uh, built to play basketball. So, you know, I didn't have other, many other options. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. I, I just like the fact that uh, I want to want to stay on this because you mentioned the magic words. Whenever we have somebody who's a pro wrestling fan uh, and the heartbreak that comes with realizing there's no way to really train that in your, like, grade school. And you go to wrestling and you're like, so when do I get to learn chairs? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> where's the cage where's the cage match <laughs> <laughs> but but 
the nice part is, is like when the whole reason we created the whole like WWE BJJ thing was because my brain was too stupid to differentiate an omoplata from a crippler crossface. So I would tell people, I'm like, I can do some of these moves legitimately and pull them off. Uh, but it's for fun. It's like a gag, you know, like turning X guard into a sharpshooter or uh, stuff of that nature. For you, though, when did that like did you like at any point, though, as you're doing it, still try to sneak it back in? Because when you're about your size, you can power slam the shit out of somebody else. I've seen your work. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I found out like pretty, pretty young that, uh, you know, so, some of the dudes, are, they're not going to they're not going to translate. But, uh, you know, if I can <laughs> if I can freaking slam someone or try to throw them into the cage or something like that, I'm definitely going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> like, whatever looks cool see that with you i was like and now you know maybe you can bounce off the cage it's not uncommon for you know you to get a showtime kick every once in a while so i'm just saying it's just yeah. these are transferable skills um so let's say this so you get to college you start uh or not uh, you're now training more mma one of the things that we always ask is when do you know you're hooked because you could be doing this forever you can do a ton of other sports um but you do this, you do wrestling, you've got that grit, but what keeps you at it? What keeps you wanting to continue doing this particular sport? Yeah, totally. I thought I, I thought it was going to be just like a hobby, something I did. Uh, you know, you know I, I like to work out. I needed to compete in something. I, you know, I wasn't wrestling anymore, so that, that competitive edge was still there, but I, you know, I, I, you know, I wasn't getting to do anything. So, um, so I think after maybe after my first like five amateur fights, I kind of like was was fighting like every other month. Like I kind of got just thrown into it. I didn't. I I think I took my first fight after training for like a month, you know. And then all of a sudden I was five and zero, you know. You know, <laughs> a few months later, and uh, I, I was like, oh, this isn't a hobby anymore. I'm at the gym three times a day. I'm always sore and tired. And I was like, I think I think I want to try doing this, you know. <laughs> but even even that, you know, I I got to nine and zero and. My coach was like, "All right, let's let's go pro." Even that was kind of like surreal for me, you know. Like, all right, let's go pro. You know, hopefully, you know, get some wins. I even the UFC seems like so far fetched. They like making it making it to the UFC, but but then after again after a few fights as a pro, you know, I'm getting knockouts and finishes, and I'm like, holy shit, maybe I could do this. Well, there's a transition there, and I'm kind of curious. Just looking at your record, and Sherdog can only go back so far, but you fight seven times in your first two years the first three you win decision the next four tko punches is there something that slows <laughs> down for you what happens in those first four fights where you go from figuring it out to just uh these are quick finishes all four of them i, I think it's just that was uh just being able to like kind of make that transition from being an amateur to a professional and being able to put everything together you know and, and, and it's mostly just mat time you can not really get that from getting in there you know and starting to get comfortable so I stopped being a wrestler and you know I, I had a great uh, a few great striking coaches you know a few Rudy Garza and Andy Minsker as my boxing coaches and then uh, Ian Loveland who was you know has a long a long list of accolades but he was in the UFC for a little bit and you know, he's, he's been my main striking coach since I was an amateur. So I think, you know, that was definitely a difference once I got with them. And, uh, you know, I started, you know, hurting people, 
in the gym a little bit more with my strikes and I was like, Oh shoot. So I have a little more power. And then I go out there and start knocking people out and kind of just fell in love with that. Okay. I like the ride. What, so you're 13 and one. I do want to ask about, and you've got a lot of victories and like we've talked about there, you're already being, I don't know if we've mentioned this on the podcast, but the rumors are out there in terms of August 4th, UFC 227 in LA. You're being talked about on that card. You've got momentum. It makes sense after the LFA fights and then the UFC fight. Do you mind talking us through the one loss on your record? Did it trigger some jujitsu changes? Cause it was an RNC. Tell us about that one. Yeah, it kind of sucks when I think about that loss because they say you like learn a, like you learn a lot, but it's just, I'm just salty on that one. I'm just super salty on that one because in a fight, and the guy just wasn't better than me. You know, he was better than me that night, but his skills aren't better than my skills. You know, um, so I, I, I'm still salty on that one. I thought I was going to get a rematch, and I still I want him to bring a make it easy. I just how competitive I am. You know, I want I want that one back. Still salty. Uh, I, I like but it. It did teach me to relax. What was that? No, I like the competitive answer. That's a great answer. What do you mean it, it taught you to relax? Okay. Oh, it taught me to relax because, man, I was I was so uptight. I was like, you know, it was like I thought like. I don't know. I I wasn't under like a false any false illusions that I would never lose, but it was just you know like I said the way it kind of happened and uh, you know I really feel like I'm better than the guy and uh, but it taught me to relax and kind of just enjoy training, enjoy being in the moment and, and enjoy fighting. So and, and I take that time to do that uh, before every fight, you know. So that that's the one thing I, I, I will say I got off that loss. To be fair, it is something that is ingrained with a lot of the athletes, especially when you have uh, a perfect record. You do have to get to that place. So you're a perfectly nice person to us. Uh, you say things like please and thank you, and you don't need to do all of that nice formality. But you are. You're a nice human being. The trigger has to go when you get in the cage. So I'm just wondering here, when you say that you're salty about it, and I, I like the fact that you learned – calmness because i feel like it's a precision that shows the difference between somebody who's really good at mma and really really good in mma when they have it centered and that's way better to get that calmness so that if you are having a weird situation where you get like this mounted guillotine for some strange reason and then the whole world goes batshit that you're actually kind of like well i still won but more importantly i think it shows an experienced fighter so here's my question though when you say that you're still salty, are you, like, texting this guy and being like, yo, connect four, meet me next week. Fuck you, dog. I got your number, Candyland. Let's do this. Best two out of three. I don't even give a shit. You know what? Arm wrestling. Wrestling wrestling? Fake wrestling. I'll take you on anywhere, dude. Fake wrestling. Is that what's going on here? Whatever he wants. Checkers. Uh, <laughs> we can have it. We can have it. He's a, he's a, he's a black belt. BJJ, we can we can do we do some jujitsu or we can run it hold back. On, hold on, hold on, We're gonna go ahead and take promotional credit for all of this. Yes. If anybody makes this fight happen, you have to pay the... verbal tap or here. We would be happy to try and make that happen because when you say that that's happening there, there's so many things that happen with fighters, and there are sometimes you just don't get it back. And here's the nice part about where your career is heading right now: you have continued to build upon that with more and more wins. So there is a possibility you don't necessarily get the chance to get that one back, but grappling yeah. always no, does. I, I don't. I, I honestly don't think I will. And I'm. And 
you know, I say, I say I'm salty, but you know, it, it's not too, the taste isn't too bad anymore because he's finding, you know, regional promotions and, uh, you know, I'm getting ready to hopefully find the Staples Center. So, Oh, damn. That's cool. I always forget <laughs> it's the Staples Center. You even said that, Raph. When it started, you were like, that's the Staples one. It's like, damn it. Yo, dog. I mean, let's be very clear. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's something magical about the Staples Center. You just, you, you can't overstate that. You know, when you start to see how many championships have been there, how many big events, concerts, all those huge things, that's a big thing. Now, granted, is he going to still challenge someone behind the scenes and ask them to play a combative version of tic-tac-toe? I don't know. Probably. I'm just letting you know that that may be his process on getting into that. I want to ask about the Dana White Tuesday night contender series, or as we, I think, have lovingly called it, or I think it was John King lovingly called it, uh, Dana White's Who Wants to Be a Fighter Millionaire, or whatever the fuck he's calling it. What was that experience like? Because it is strange to, you know, you're like, the UFC's interested in you, but they're trying to play it cool. So how does that process work? Yeah, so they they kind of just called me and said, hey, you want to fight in three weeks? And, you know, UFC calls you and, you know, you're a starving fighter out there. You're not going to say no to anything, you know, <laughs> one week. <laughs> yes, you know, so... So they called me three weeks, and I was fat, and I had to make 135. So it was summer. I was, I, fat. You know, I was enjoying myself a little bit. Yeah, let's, how fat? Let's define <laughs> how You're fat. You're talking to actual fat people here. Yeah. Uh, we're like jujitsu fat, so that means like you know we're the kind shape, of shape where you're but... good enough to do jujitsu, but uh, don't ask us to run a mile. When you say fat, how is fat for you? Uh, I was like around like 164, 165. Oh damn! And you know, yeah. three weeks to make 135. So. Whew. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, by the time you get to 135, we're not talking about a lot of body mass left to get rid of. Okay. Yeah. You essentially yeah. had like three and a half babies. I get it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah, I guess. <laughs> no, but it was it was awesome. So besides besides that part, besides having to make the weight, that 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 was only part I sucked. But uh, you know, I got a little taste of what it was like to be in the UFC. You know, they fly you out and put you up and give you per diem you know before that you know i'm fighting some pretty shitty locations you know so uh that that was really cool and to get a taste of that and then uh you know for for the week and then uh you know slap in the face i had to go back to you know back to the regional circuit right after that though (laughs) (laughs) we'd like to take this moment to say uh king of the cage uh Whatever TPF is, you guys are great. Titan, we love you guys. You're just fine. You're rinky dink. Uh, an organization places. called We're Heavy talk- Trauma. That was a fun event, but yeah, onward and upward. Way, if you're going to name your organization something, <laughs> maybe not Heavy Trauma. Because- Their next one is Headstrong, Raph. I really, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it was like a theme. <laughs> I, just, I, I love the era of the UFC, we've said this many times on the show, when it used to be like UFC 76, explosion. It's like UFC 4, somebody's so gonna bad. die. Like, it was <laughs> it was extreme. <laughs> when you start getting really close to the whole it was really close to the concussions, you start to you go like, ooh, can we not with the thing? Yeah. That'd be good. Here's uh, main Bye. event sports. Main <laughs> event sports MMA. There's a name that really evolved well. I like summer brawl. You've been, yeah, you have been busy, Ricky, yeah. for a young guy. That's uh, this is why he hasn't been to Canada. He's been fighting people. So when you say yeah, it's a, yeah, you say I, it kind I, of like it's a, 
Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, man. Oh no, no. I was just saying, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a young fighter, but I think like technically I've had 25 fights, you know, so spread out or evenly over life, like seven years. So, I mean, I, I've been active, so I have, I definitely have that experience. Mm. I have to ask because I, I'm interested on this. You mentioned it was kind of a slap in the face to go backwards. So when you win this split decision for the Dana White who wants to be a millionaire fighter, whatever, then what happens after that? Because then you say you're going back to LFA. So it just becomes like, do they not call you anymore? If you get a split decision win, they're just like, nobody looks you in the eye. Like, what happens there? <laughs> no, I went straight up to, you know, Dana White's son, Shelby, right after that, you know, after they announced who got signed and. You know, because we, they, you know, they had, they had called a few times, like short notice, like, oh, would you take this fight even before the contender series? So we we were already kind of talking to them before, and uh, so so I asked them what just what they want me to do, and you know, so the same answer they've been saying was just stay ready. So that's what I was doing. You know, I was basically in camp from you know from then on. I was just staying ready, staying skinny, you know, not getting fat anymore. And uh, uh, then yeah, then I got signed uh, by LFA shortly after that to fight uh, eight time. UFC veteran Chico Camus, so uh, that that was a good step up, at least. You know, if it wasn't going to be in the UFC, at least let me prove it against a UFC vet. And then I beat him up for five rounds in a pretty bloody fight, and uh, and still don't get the call. So then again, I'm like, what the hell do I need to do? And I'm like, I'm kind of like putting it off. I'm like, are they gonna are they gonna call? Like, so I was staying ready again, just constantly in camp, constantly staying skinny, uh, and then I'm. LFA calls and asked me to defend the belt, and I felt like I was, you know, in that situation, you're a champ, you can't really, I don't know, I felt weird saying no, you know, even though I, I kind of wanted to see if the UFC was going to call, but, so, quick turnaround again, luckily, uh, uh, luckily that one went, went a little bit better though than a five-round fight. <laughs> well, it's nice when it goes about a minute's worth of time. That Those are much preferred. Yeah. So, the UFC does a back-to-back. They get you there, you go back to LFA, you get your call back in. We never really talked about the lead-up into the, uh, the the recent fight. Where was your mentality when you said, you know, this is your big moment? Now, this is you before you know you're going to go viral on something, but it's obviously a great opportunity. Do you feel validated that you were able to really prove yourself and make your way back to the dance? Uh, you know, there was a... I, I still, I still don't. I still, I still feel like there's a, there's, that was kind of like a, you know, that was, I was kind of a shell of myself in that last fight. You know, I, I, it was a quick turnaround. I found out I was going to fight uh, Morab while I was still in the cage after I knocked out uh, Zani. You know, when I defended my belt, so you know, I had to get right back after it. It was a long year, and, and I, I was definitely feeling it. So uh, I, I don't feel like I was able to, like, you know, show who I really am in that last fight. You know, it, 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 was, it was great. The outcome, you know, I can't, I can't be mad at it. You know, I got a bonus. I got the win. But uh, but no, I, I think I think uh, the, this next fight will really will, be, will really be my coming out party. Okay. Do we know? I mean, are they mentioning a person? Are we allowed to know that, or is it just in limbo? Uh, I already I already said who I want to fight. Um, I want to fight Benito Lopez or Little B. Uh, mm. The, the, I think the UFC is one in that fight too, so 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 that's what we're going for, and uh, that, that that's who I'm looking up looking to beat up next. All right, that'd be a good fight. I like that. And when you say beat up, what are you trying to do? I mean, or do we? How much uh, information do we get? Are you trying to put in a flying kick? 
I mean, you seem athletic. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, no, you know, I've been, I've been, uh, practicing, uh, some, some fancy stuff as of late. And, uh, he, Benito's exciting. He's an exciting fighter. He throws some cool kicks, elbows, and he, he has a really good flying knee. But I've had I've had several flying knees in fights too, so it, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a race to see who hits one first. Awesome. Okay, gentlemen's I, I, agreement. You know, I, only flying knees for the first two and a half <laughs> minutes. <laughs> I gotta say, you know, I should ask him. I think you just <laughs> sold the fight right there, kid. I think that was it. I think I just heard that, and I go, yeah, they need to go on that <laughs> staples. Yeah, I was not expecting flying <laughs> kicks to be the answer, but I'm excited now. I mean, yeah, he's, listen, a I'm just, he's a young gun too. He's a young gun. You you definitely got that. Um, I still feel like you know you integrate a little bit of that pro wrestling. You can still bounce off the cage. I'm just saying, think about it. You don't have to think about it this moment, <laughs> but put it in the back of your mind. And then when you do it, just wink at us and give us like a whole thing at the camera and just be like, I don't need to say who did it. But they know who they are, uh, who recommend All right, that. but if it backfires on me, you're going to take credit for that one, too. Oh, oh no, it's all your yeah. fault. You just didn't efficiently uh. pull it off. That's all you. <laughs> I mean, we gave him the game Nobody's plan. It was just executed wanna, horribly. That'll yeah, be our... I want to make something very clear. you think anybody <laughs> goes back home after the Patriots lose and goes, well, Bill Belichick, he just doesn't have it. <laughs> it's going to be a very good time. <laughs> That's true. I'm just saying, we're throwing out hot fire ideas here. Ricky, I have to ask these questions. So you're you're looking at UFC, Staples, that's amazing. What's coming up next? Do, or do you even participate in, like, grappling competitions? Because you threw that out there. Like, what do you do to pass the time? Because I know people who are compulsively competitive, and I wonder what it is you do to bide your time. Are you video gaming? we got to find some healthy way to keep you okay. Well, my entire life is training, so I, you know, that's what I first thing I do when I wake up. I have a routine I do, you know, for you know to stretch and <laughs> and you know. So, so, I'm glad so that was the I, answer because you said I wake up in the morning and I fight someone. I'm like, I hope you don't have roommates. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I should I should get I should get some uh, teammates to move in. I hope we could just fight all day. Uh, <laughs> no, no, yeah. So I, I'm always I'm always training. Uh, uh, but no, I, I I have a bunch of nerdy brothers who are all game, and they've been uh, on this uh, game PUBG. Have you heard of this uh, game? What was the name? P- Players Unknown Battleground. Oh no! No, you're gonna have to speak to us like we're the oldest people you know. So explain what it is, because I'm sure some of our listeners are gonna know. But explain to us who are technologically like that's cute. I'm kid. You're googling playing it. <laughs> <laughs> Is this, well, is this no, a Fortnite? No, you playing a Fortnite kid? Yeah, it's basically it's basically the adult version of Fortnite. I don't know if you guys so so yeah so that that's what I've been on lately with with, uh, with my uh, nerdy brothers. Uh, that's how I've been passing time. I'm actually I, I'm not much of a gamer, but uh, that that game's kind of kind of that game's kind of gotten me lately. Yeah, I disbelieve. See the appeal. Mostly, Spoiler alert: mostly, It is violent. There is some violence here. I mostly disbelieve you for the fact that I think you're whatever it is that's competitive that's on the table. Like, I, I don't really think you saying, like, oh, I'm not much of a gamer. I'm pretty sure you lose one game. You're probably the guy who's like, yeah, you guys go out tonight. Punches and then you just stay in. Like, just hits oh, him square in the chest, right, as he's, like, trying to finish the kill. <laughs> I'm going to sit here until I get good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
I once, and I'll tell you this a little bit about my background. I once played Halo with one of my roommates who was just far superior at it when it was like just coming out. And I couldn't understand it. I was like, man, he's really good at this. And he's like, dude, we're going to go out to the club. You want to go? And I was like, nah, dude, I'm so tired. I went back downstairs and I was like, I got to get fucking good at this game. I can't be this bad. He goes back the next day and I just like, I mean, my wife puts it this way. My wife is very nicely said. She's like, you're not hyper competitive, but there's like 10 people in your life that under no circumstances will you allow them to win. One of those happens to be Kevin. That's about it. Everybody else, she's always like, you know, they tap you out. You're like, man, that's awesome. But she goes, if it's one of those 10 people and you're rolling with them, you're like, I will fucking murder you or get murdered. Someone must die. Yeah, we all have those people too, though. (laughs) Well, yeah, it sounds like you have a Ricky, it's everyone. Yeah, and a lot of them are really good professionals. So it's a little little more dangerous. Well, especially my brothers. We all all grew up really close in age, too. So I I I have... uh, four brothers and yeah so we're we're that's probably where it came from we're all competitive i'm the second oldest my older brother's only a year and a half older than me so <laughs> oh wow that's where it comes that's where it comes from well here's the important thing to know what do you beat him at um everything what I mean, <laughs> what are we doing you know <laughs> You know, you just said that, like somebody who literally just asked, is there is there a dice game going on we can get in on? Um, no, like <laughs> I was just wondering, are there particular things that you have to be better than him? Because older brother syndrome, you do always want to beat your older brother, especially when you're younger. Uh, but are there certain things that you are way better at him than? Uh, beating people up. <laughs> we, he, he beat me up all the way up until I was probably, I think, it was sixth grade. I actually remember the first time I actually got him back finally. He beat me up all the time. We, he wrestled too. So, you know, it's not like I was going to, you know, join wrestling and then start beating him up. He joined wrestling too, you know. So, uh, but uh, yeah, sixth grade was a turning point. Finally, I was able to beat him up. And uh, yeah, so yeah, wrestling, I would say wrestling and yeah, fighting. But yeah, he, all my brothers are better than me, like video games and, you know, that that mostly. <laughs> That's I like the idea that you you come in after playing a video game with them. And you're just like, this is stupid. I don't I don't even like video games. You guys are nerds. Get out. Shut up. Who wants to wrestle? That's, I'll fucking take you guys exactly. out. Exactly. Right That's how we end it. Game <laughs> didn't go the way we want. We end it with takedowns. <laughs> you have the best overtime I've ever seen for video games. Uh, well, Ricky, you know, man. You're you're great. I, I really appreciate you coming on the show and, and talking with us because here's the thing. You can go on a lot of different shows and you've done some press for this. But to come on a comedy show where you know we do have to ask you about your win, that's a weird win, but still a win. <laughs> I appreciate your your willingness to like hear us out because uh, like I said, man, I watched that fight and I was, you know, part of me feels like, you know, you always want to go out on your shield. So I do respect that about Warriors. And I definitely respected your your guillotine. I just felt like it was a weirdly communicated finish on other people's part. And when that happens and then you see people explaining it like five different ways, you go, that doesn't sound right. That sounds weird. It sounds weird to know that there's a conference of people like a Jedi Council that comes at the end and goes, yeah, we confer that you lost. And you go, but the guy's supposed yeah, no, to do that. I don't know. Yeah, no, it was the way the way I kind of, I think it unfolded after after the fact was uh, 
it, it was a little confusing, but uh, one, 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 you know, once uh, Big John kind of jumped on that podcast and and online uh, and explained it all, you know, I think I think he did a, you know probably the best job at clearing everything up. Yeah, I mean, and like I said, the thing that really always makes me sad is it's one thing to lose, but it's another thing when a winner doesn't get to fully have their win. So I think your win was going viral and now making a statement so that hopefully we don't have to get you back to these little shows anymore and we can keep you on the big picture because the way that you fight, there's a lot of talent there. You can tell a lot of the work that you've put in. When I say I'm guessing that you're a wrestler, it's not much of a guess. It's just the way that you... You have a grit to yourself where even in, in some of the bad spots of that fight, you, you push through and you fight. And that's the type of fighter that we like to see uh, whenever we're we're spectating. So much respect to you, my man, and uh, big ups to your camp. Do you want to give any shout outs to your sponsors? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I really appreciate that. Uh, no, yeah, I, I have a, like I said earlier in the podcast, I have a tremendous support system. And w- whether that be fans or like my family and and definitely my sponsors, you know, I wouldn't have been able to get to this point if it wasn't for them. So I appreciate all of you guys. And thank you. Yeah. Fighting out of Good stuff. Portland, Oregon with his Washington based business. Ricky, we really appreciate the time. Um, people should find you, follow you. And, uh, we will definitely bother you again as your fight career continues to just, uh, get crazier. I would imagine. Oh yeah. You're, you're stuck with us now. So there's yeah. not really getting off this train. <laughs> Hell yeah. I hope, I hope I, uh, uh, make Benito do something wacky too, so we I come come back on. <laughs> <laughs> I one hundred percent. You know, we'll just need to clip all the stuff of you being like really nice and cordial and polite, and just like do the Colby Covington remix of all the words you just said. It's right. gonna be a grab bag of making it sound like you insulted his grandma, and he's gonna be like, nobody says nothing about my abuelita. And you guys have a fight there. <laughs> we'll see if we can make it. Back. Uh, anyway, uh, thank you so much for coming on, man. We really appreciate your time. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, have a good one. Raph, what a podcast. I'm gonna, mm. I, thanks to the audience for bearing with us. You know, Ricky's a busy guy. He's in Canada. So if there was a little bit of a breakup, it was nice to get to chat with him. And we had about 250 questions. We got to a few. We got to a few of them. We're going to talk to him again. Yeah, we got to. Yeah. Props to you for getting him on. He's got an interesting story. You know, so normally the thing about MMA fighting is you have a pretty declarative ending. So when you don't, it's really good to hear from people. And he's someone with a lot of experience, but is also in a unique new position UFC-wise. It's just fascinating. Fun guy to chat yeah. with. I'm excited to see and hear more from him because he seems like he's a little bit like this is just in his blood because he started it before the boom, but he's 25. I mean, that's kind of crazy. This thing. So it's, it's interesting. He's going to be a fast. Yeah. Writer. It's, it's really weird to think because when you're 25 and I know he's saying he's like, ah, oh, my bones and ah, these hurt. No, they don't. <laughs> no, I haven't don't. fought it at all. And I'll tell you this much. Everything hurts on me. So I know the story gets a little worse for you, but you're fine now. You're you're fine. Just go about your business. But uh, Ricky's a very nice guy. And Kev, I got to say, it's amazing when somebody sees one of our WWE BJJ videos and says, okay, I get that. Because it's very easy. He could look at that and go, mm, mm. Well, but we spoke 
to the inner pro wrestling fan. In I did enjoy. Yeah, he's like, I mean, I signed up because I thought it was the cool wrestling. <laughs> it's so funny. Oh, it's man. like, God, how many kids have had that moment with the Charlie Brown with the wah wah? It's just like, damn it. Uh, as a as a real actual not fan, I don't could ever truly fathom the true heartbreak that is when you go so no elbow off the top rope there's there's no like now you just gotta do like push-ups no i choose now a lot of push-ups by the way uh crazy wrestlers yeah it's very much that parks rec scene when andy goes into lasers it's like when will we be bringing out the lasers like there's no lasers like one of those (laughs) Serious bummers. <laughs> but, uh, what a podcast. It's been a fun week. Tune in to all of our social medias at Verbal Tapcast. You can follow along with Raph's on-site shenanigans. Um, you can get the latest commentary on things you may or may not need to know. At Verbal Tapcast, do not forget to visit our friends, North South Jiu-Jitsu at NorthSouthJiu-Jitsu.com. Mm-hmm. Proven Nutrition at Proven-Nutrition.com. You see how easy they make it, by the way? That's because they care, Super about, easy. They care about customers. It's created by people that are fanatics for fanatics. That's why it's easy to use, and it's quality stuff. Please use them, thank them, be a part of our Verbal Tap community. Comment if you have something appropriate or funny to say. Those are usually um, the ones to chime in. That's it. Just those two things. Whoever made my – we got to revisit the hand comment that made me laugh a while back uh, from the fan community. <laughs> There's always like a nice bright spot where it's like, Kevin's hand handle that. It's like, shut up. I, I don't think that's called for. <laughs> that moves us to some shout outs. Raph, the Jubera crew just making it harder and harder to stay away. Just adding classes left and right, trying to tempt me to the 7 a.m. I am continuing my progression and a shout out to the, um, well, he's actually a Gracie fighter. But my, rarely do you have a PA person that does, a physician's assistant, that does jujitsu, so helping me get better. Tough and go process. Thanks to the folks over at, uh, you know, Kaiser. They do some things well. They don't design parking garages very well. They do physician's assistant work very well, rehab-wise. PT, that's it for me, Raph. It's just me, my physician's assistant, and the NBA playoffs. And, you know, shout out to them, but they get enough credit. I'm fairly certain they get enough credit as long as they go on. I will say this. I've had a good week, a great week of training over at the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club. I got to bring my little puppy Lucy to the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club for the very first time. She oh, got to awesome. see everything. She was a little overwhelmed do? at first Me because too. she looked at everybody rolling and she just goes, oh my god, people! And she Me wants too. to be like, stop fucking wrestling and acknowledge me. I am a dog. Which, you really can't deny that. I mean, she is she a dog. Is so super cute. Tiny. She was there. Uh, very, very fun stuff. Uh, training there goes as such Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 8 a.m., Tuesday, Thursday at 1130. Um, so that's a lot of fun. I'm excited for that sort of stuff. Valley Martial Arts Center had some good training over there. Shout out to Marcelo. Shout out to all the good people there. We've got a lot of good stuff coming on that way. I also want to tell you guys this. We'll probably have probably an early late night sort of thing this week. 
I'll probably be doing some interviews. You'll see one of me interviewing uh, Dmitry Gerasimov uh, about his big win over at uh, Celtic Gladiator. Plus, maybe something from the Jiu-Jitsu Club again. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what kind of week this is leading into. But I do want you guys, and I mean this very sincerely, to go follow Kid A Photo. Because on top of everybody who was so great to us at Celtic Warrior, or Gladiator, and the couple people who were dicks... Really just one person. Uh, I want to say they run a really good organization there. And all of the people on their staff was very nice and and super great. But of all the people who I got to interact and work with this week, I am continuously proud and amazed by my sister Chris, who is the brains and brawn behind Kid A Photo for her continued evolution as a fighter. A lot of the photos that we're going to put up are awesome. And I think you guys will enjoy them. We'll be uh, scattering through the uh, Facebook page on Kid A Photography and on the Instagram at Kid A Photo. I highly encourage you to go look at some of those photos. Feel free to share them, but if you don't give her credit, I'll like kill you. He's my I mean, on joke. social media. I mean, no, I mean, I'm definitely joking. <laughs> here's the thing, Kevin. This is what they use on fucking Dateline, and I don't need that in my life. No, what I'm saying to you guys is. I am telling you that is the right thing to do to credit photographers. And when I say I'm going to kill you, I mean I'm going to kill you with kindness until you put it up or I have to ask uh, social media to take it down. Long story short, she's great. You're great. Why don't we all get along and share photos that should be properly attributed? Oh, it's a crazy idea, right? Great anyway, photos, too. So far, so good. I mean, we're putting up some good stuff, man. I think you're really going to like this stuff. And and to uh, the homeboys, uh, I want to say this. Uh, to our good friend, uh, Milton and Lance, uh, didn't go your way last night, but you guys are absolute beasts. I look forward to getting back to Sunday training with you guys. I understand that you needed to take this Sunday off. Some of us needed to train today because some of us are actually fat. You guys are in shape. So I'm not holding it against you. I'm just saying I got fatter because of you guys. And uh, to our good homies who had great showings, you know, between Benji, Rich, Dima, uh, a host of other friends, old and new, Hugo, uh, our friends from Systems Training Center, Eric, everybody, we just want to say thank you for a great night of fights. You guys always do the SoCal community proud whenever you put on stuff. And to our new friends, we hope that you enjoy our jokes and our ability to make light of even the dumbest of things, but the best of things. I think, Kev, that's going to do it for me this week. That'll do it for us tonight here at Verbal Tap. I'm Kevin. Thank you for listening. A good night. And um, a very good uh, night. If you were to examine... What exactly a night is? You would say what? The number you have dialed has been changed. The new number is. Please note the new number is.